0: You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So if you're new with us, don't, uh, don't, don't uh, hate us. For, uh, for having fun in church, uh, we've been doing this series entitled We Are Family. And, uh, and, and so we've talked about, I believe, uh, some of the most important things that, that make up family. We talked about how important it is to have love in the family. And if you weren't here for that part, I'd love for you to go to our podcast uh, and, uh, and listen to that, that, that message. And then we moved from there and Pastor Mike talked about um, we need peace in the family. And how there are, there's so much chaos that comes into the lives of, of not only individuals, but families. And how do we uh, navigate through, through those chaotic times? And last week, I talked about the importance of unity and how we need to watch those things that are trying to drive a wedge in our homes. And uh, I talked about a lot of those those things, and I've had a wonderful feedback. And, and so, again, if you weren't here for that, for that message, I'd love for you to, to go to our website and, and, and listen to that. I am, I'm going to be teaching today, and I asked uh, last week, and I've been talking to people to please pray for me as I got, get ready to preach this next uh, message, and I'm talking about death in the family. How do we, how do we navigate when, uh, when, when death uh, comes into, into the lives of our loved ones, and, uh, and how do we move uh, forward from that? So, uh, 4th of July... I got a text message, and I, in fact, I got this early morning from a, from a friend of mine that uh, we went to, to uh, he was a lot younger than me, but we kind of, through my brother marrying, and uh, so you, you're your family one way or another, right? And so, uh, he was a D, as, uh, he, he was closely connected through family, but a great guy. Uh, uh, he was a DJ in Tucson, one of the best known DJs in Tucson. And I said, what, "What's up?" And I'm going to say his name. "What's up, Sean?" And he texted me back right away. Uh, he says, "Yes, Prodigal Son is back." He said, "Thank you for being a vessel of the Lord." And what I want to say about that is, people are watching us, and no matter what we're doing, you think that that you're not having an impact every time that we. Uh, walk in the in the in in what god has for us the purposes of god people are watching what you do what you do so he said thank you for being such a vessel of the lord and i said awesome god has big blessings for you i texted him right back and he said he's still ironing me out right now so please pray for me god bless you and la familia he said so i said praying for your brother and he peaced out send me a heart and he said i'll do the same and i said thanks bro so fourth of july it was a very busy month for me, the, the month of July. In fact, family, we went to uh, 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 Santa Clarita, California, in L.A., and we had a family reunion. And then we went uh, to Disneyland, and we had a family vacation in Disneyland, and it was wonderful. And we came back, and uh, as soon as we got back, Shauna ended up going to Rocky Point and on a mission trip and took, uh, uh, you know, almost 20 people to, to that trip. And then we got back from she got back from that we did vacation bible school for about three or four days and then we went to dallas texas to a wedding that a good friend of mine his son was going to be married and we've talked about that during this this whole uh uh series and talked about how all the dynamics that were going on during these these uh family times well i didn't i didn't mention to you uh what happened when i got back to las cruces new mexico uh, so we have a, a daughter that lives in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Her husband, my son-in-law, is a state trooper there in, in Las Cruces. And we got back to, to Cruces, and, um, and uh, we got this, this uh, call that uh, uh, Sean, Sean Graham, had, had passed away. And Sean was 42 years old, and uh, when he texted me uh, uh, it, three weeks prior to that... He texted me because he had found out that his uh, uh, diabetes was in a very, very, very uh, critical place. And they put him on, on uh, extreme dialysis, and he started going to, to try to save his life. The doctor said, if we don't do something, uh, you're not going to make it. And he ended up uh, uh, passing away three weeks later. So we went to his funeral yesterday at Calvary Chapel in Tucson. And it was filled completely. Over, over 500 people were there and, and standing, people standing in the back. And, and everyone talked about the impact that, that Sean made on, on them. And his mom, it was amazing because his mom had this supernatural peace that, uh, that only comes from God as she's navigating through this death uh, of her son. And, and, and so my heart went out. Uh, they actually, he worked for Pima College. And the night before, they they did a memorial service at Pima College. was over a 1,000 people that came. And he just impacted the the community of Tucson. And uh, we never know when death is going to come. We never know when when something is going to come upon us. And so uh, I thought it was so important for, for me... To teach about death, and, and my wife, she knows what I'm going to be teaching on. Uh, every series, we talk about it. We pray through it. And when she said, are you, when she heard me say I'm going to be talking about death in the family, she said, are you sure you want to talk about that? Because we, we usually get hit with whatever I'm preaching on. It, we usually get hit. And she said, are you sure? And she really looked at me. She said, are you sure you want to teach on this? And I said, well, do I want to teach on it? I don't know about that, but do I think I need to? I said, yeah, I think I need to. And so the crazy thing about that is last Sunday I was preaching at the, at the Kearney campus, 5 p.m., and I never leave my phone on, on, on the ringer. Uh, and I always have it on silent. And the phone rang at the Kearney campus during my preaching right in the front row. And there's all kinds of people there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, it's not someone else's phone, it's my phone. And so I went, I said, sorry, guys, I went to the front row, came off the platform, and I silenced it, and I just left it. It was my son calling me, my youngest son, and he, he knows I'm preaching during that time. And so he, uh, he, he I found out after the service that the reason that he was calling me was because he had just been in a head-on collision there in Safford. And he said to me, he said, if I would not have... Um, if I would not have been driving in the at, at the speed that I was driving, Dad, I know I would be dead. We never know. We never know. And so as we as we as we come into this reality that 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 death is not something that uh, might happen to us, it's something that will happen uh, to us unless the Lord comes. Uh, we're all going to face this fate. And there's there's things that happen with death. Uh, Your love in your family is tested when somebody dies. Because all these emotions come up. The the peace in your home is tested. Even people of faith, the the peace in your home is tested uh, when someone that, that, that you love in your family dies. Because all kinds of chaos uh, begins to penetrate your home, and then the unity in your home i 've seen the death of, of, of a loved one unite families, and i 've seen the death of a loved one of a loved one completely divide a family and so we 're going to look at all those pieces and I, and, and I, I thought i 'd go to the wisest person that ever walked the earth uh, uh, except for Jesus, uh, Solomon. He wrote this book called Ecclesiastes, and in this book. Um, he, he said this in, in chapter 3, verse 1, and verse 2, he said, there is a time for everything. There's a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. And all of us want to talk about the time to be born. And most of us don't ever want to talk about the time that we die. But I think there's, it, there's wisdom in, in preparing ourselves and preparing our families for that time that we die. For example, I tell my kids, hey, guys, there's, gonna come a day, there's going to come a day when, when your dad's going to die. And when that day comes, my prayer is that you're going to glorify God no matter what happens. That you're going to say, Lord, thank you for giving me my dad for right now 52 years. And if it's this year, you know, thank you for giving me my dad for 52 years. If it's 53, praise God, 53 years. But you gotta, I'm going to pass the baton and I want you to keep running the race. For God, because you're going to be hit in all kinds of different ways. So how do we navigate, do we navigate through a death in our family? And I want to talk about four things that I want you to consider. The first thing I want you to consider is it's never easy. It is never easy. And I think it's foolish when we minimize the pain that comes with death. In fact, my wife and I were talking about, about this message, and she said that uh, when she lost loved ones, uh, which I'll talk about in, in, in the latter part of this message, she said, I actually felt physical pain. I actually felt this, this pain inside of me when I lost my, my niece. Uh, I, I felt physical pain. There was not only the emotional pain, but the physical pain that accompanied the loss of this person that I love so much. In fact, the Mayo Clinic put it like this. Uh, Mayo Clinic blog says, most people experiencing normal grief and bereavement have a period of sorrow, numbness, and even guilt and anger. Gradually, these feelings ease, and it's possible to accept loss and to begin to move forward. But for some people, feelings of loss are debilitating and don't improve even after time passes. This is known as complicated grief. And there may be someone in here that you're going through complicated grief. You've, you've lost someone that, that you love, maybe a husband, maybe a wife, maybe a father, maybe a son. And sometimes, uh, he, the Mayo, uh, uh Clinic says, sometimes called persistent complex bereavement disorder. In complicated grief, painful emotions are so long-lasting and severe that you have trouble recovering from the loss of resuming your own life. And as followers of Christ, hear me now, as followers of Jesus, we don't try to minimize the effects and the actual pain that comes with death because Jesus didn't try to minimize it himself. In fact, when Jesus went to the, the tomb of, uh, of, uh, of his good friend Lazarus, and, and Mary and Martha meet him, and they're, and they're crying, and they're, and, they're, and they're emotionally distraught, and they're saying, if you would have been here, Lord, things would be different. And Jesus go- comes upon that, that, that scene, and the Bible tells us that Jesus wept. That Jesus was in anguish, that Jesus was, was, had tears, he was crying, he, he hurt for what was going on. Jesus being 100% God, and he knew he was going to raise his friend Lazarus from the dead because he was 100% human. Everything inside of him hurt for the loss of his friend. And we need to know that, that when people... Uh, lose someone that they love in their family. That there's anguish, there's hurt, and we hurt with them. We mourn with them. Another place uh, in the New Testament, there was a, a a man of God. His name was Stephen, and he was the first. Uh, as the church is growing, he's the first person that gets killed. For, for, for trusting in Christ and, and doing the things of God. And they took him on a hill and they stoned him for, for his faith in God. And so uh, the Bible tells us in, in, in Acts chapter 8, it says, Godly men, they buried Stephen and they mourned deeply for him. In other words, it wasn't easy. And if you look at that, that passage, it, it doesn't tell us how long they mourned. It doesn't say that they mourned for an hour, it mourned for, they mourned for you know, a day, they, they mourned for a week. It doesn't tell us they mourned for a month, it just says that they, they mourned deeply, they were, they were hurt deeply. I went and visited, on my way back from the funeral, we stopped and visited a dear lady, one of our, one of our heroes in the faith. Her name is Shirley Cannon, and Shirley Cannon was, uh, was uh, the pastor's wife of the pastor that, that passed the baton to Shauna and I. And they ministered here at, in, at, at Living Word Chapel for 20-plus uh, years. They brought the, the church from a, from a home church up on the, on the mountain in, in Oracle, and they brought it to this location. And, and through, through, through uh, God moving in them, uh, they began to build what we have here, and, 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 and we've been able to, to further it. And so uh, she was married to Pastor Bob for 60 years, 66 years in fact. And I went yesterday and, and, and visited with her. In a, she's in a care home now. And Shirley says to me, it's still so hard. And Pastor Bob's been gone for three years. And so we have to understand that, that death is, is not easy. It's, 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 it's never easy. Uh, we were driving back from Dallas, and we stayed in Odessa. My, uh, you know, we, we split the trip. And uh, my wife's niece is buried there. And so we went and visited the plot. You know, we, we got up that next morning, and there were two things that we wanted to do. First of all, my son, my youngest son, he says, I want us to go to Permian High School where Friday Night Lights was filmed. And so that was on the bucket list. And, and, and you know, he's a big, that's his favorite movie, Friday Night Lights. And so we, we were able to go to the high school, and, 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 you know, they don't let you in. It's all locked up at the, the stadium. But we were able to see it from a distance. And then my wife said, the only thing I want to do is I want to stop and see Farrah's plot and so we went to my niece's plot. Uh, Pharaoh was killed uh, at, when she was 13 years old. She would be 38 today. She was killed by a drunk driver and, and when she was hit uh, uh, there in Odessa. And uh, what, what, what happened at, as a 13-year-old and, and her death, uh, Shauna and I were, I, I wasn't saved. I was living in the world, and I was doing my own thing. In fact, I used to be a drunk driver. I don't point the finger at anybody because I used to be the drunk driver. By God's grace, I never hit anybody. By God's grace, I never got a DUI. By, you know, by God's grace, it wasn't that I wasn't doing it. It wasn't God you know, or, or something prevented me. I'm going to say the Lord prevented that from happening. But when, when, my, when my niece died at 13 years old, it, it shattered the family. My wife talked about this grief, that, that it was actual pain that she, that she had because they had such an amazing close relationship. And what, it, what, what happened after that is it, there, was, there was four deaths, around four deaths in her family, close people. Her brother died after that. She had her grandmother die. And then her sister died from leukemia. Kenny, uh, our nephew, who's, who's uh, now an elder here at the church, he's running sound right now, that was Kenny's mom. She died at 33 years old from leukemia. And all these deaths in a matter of a year and a half, two years, happened. And it, 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 it took us to a place, it took Sean and I to a place where we abandoned everything that we were trusting and we put our trust in God. And God met us in the most darkest place and he showed us how amazing he is. And so the second thing that I want you to consider is put your trust in. In God. You know, when we face death, it becomes evident, it, be, it becomes very evident what and who we're trusting. It challenges our belief system. My mom was in pre op, she was getting ready to, do, uh, to have the TIPS procedure done on her. The TIPS procedure is, a, is the last thing they can do for liver disease. And so they had to go in through her top over here, run some, a stint or something, a, a line down into her liver. Her, she, she was in complete liver failure. And so all this time that she was going through liver disease, I remember her saying, you know what? I, I, I want for you guys to put me uh, DNR. I'm, I am DNR. And if you're in the medical field, you understand what I'm saying. If you're not in the medical field, it, it means do not resuscitate. Do not resuscitate. And so we were always DNR. Her chart, whenever she had a procedure, said DNR. I'll never forget the, the, the day that she had the TIPS procedure. She, uh, they were getting ready to, 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 for, and, and, and getting her ready for, for this procedure. And I stepped out of the room for a little bit, and I came back. And I don't know why I looked at, at her, that, that whiteboard, and as I looked at it, I saw it was full code. And I looked at it and I said, it says full code up there. She's DNR. And I'll never forget the way that she looked at me. when she, Whenever she, she, uh, she heard me say that, she looked at me like, do not touch it. Do not say anything. <laughs> she didn't have to say a word. Whatever it takes to keep me alive, I want for them to do that. And I looked at her and I smiled. I didn't say a word. She had the tips procedure. And that night, it didn't go well. She went, made it through the night. I was with her in the hospital bed. A lot of anguish, a lot of difficulty. And about 10 in the morning, she died and went with Jesus. And so it speaks to us about what are we trusting? Who are we trusting in these times that we get to this place? I, um, it reminds me of, of, of the words of Jesus. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. And and the crazy thing about this is Jesus was preparing his disciples for his death. In the next week, he was going to be going to the cross. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. And when death comes, beloved, in our families, you will find out what you're trusting. You will find out who you're trusting, and when you're trusting in God, he will get you through. No matter what we face, when you're trusting God, he will get you through. Uh, The um, psalmist put it like this in Psalm 147, verse 3. He said, he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. The right way to navigate through the death of a loved one is by trusting in God the wrong way is to try to cope without him. And when we try to cope without God, it causes more heartache. It causes more, uh, more heaviness. The wife of Job, as, as they lost all of their children, the story of Job is a perfect example of who are you trusting and what are you trusting. As they lost all their children, all, then they, they lost all their possessions. Then Job was filled with boils. Uh, his wife looked at him, and there's two different perspectives. His wife looks at Job and he says, are you still maintaining your, your integrity? Are you still holding on to this faith that you have? She said, curse God and die. And there are so many people at times of death, when you really need God, that's when you need God. So many people curse God. And they say, it's because of you. Instead of saying, Lord, it's only in you that I'll receive healing. And Job replied, you are talking. And I could just see him like not coming at her. Just you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? You see, even when Job couldn't see the bigger picture. Hear me now. Even when we couldn't see the bigger picture, when Farah was killed by a drunk driver, we could not see the big picture. I was alienated from God. I, didn't, I was not walking with God. Shauna and my relationship was in shambles. We were on the brink of divorce. We were broken before Pharaoh she, she, ever died. When that happened, it brought us to a place to evaluate, uh, evaluate our lives. And there was someone missing in our lives and who was missing was God. And what we need to grab a hold of, beloved, is there's a bigger picture and you can trust in God. The alternative of not trusting in God is a a bitter road and a road that will block your healing. Did you know that the the alternative of not trusting in God is is a road where you get bitter and you don't receive the healing that you need? You see, the disciples of Jesus would find something out that's very important to all of us. The disciples of of Jesus would find out that Jesus was crucified, and he died a human death. But on the third day, he rose again. And all of the pain and all of the destruction that comes with death, Jesus conquered on the cross. And for us who trust in Jesus Christ, no matter what we face, and the death is the greatest enemy that we face. But when Jesus is with us and in us, we can face death and say we will live again. The greatest testimony about Sean's memorial service, when, as, it wasn't a memorial, it was a full funeral service there at, at, uh, at, at Calvary. And in, um, in Tucson was... The the reality that Sean put his faith in Jesus and the peace of Christ was in that place. We don't know what tomorrow brings to us, but we know who's going to be with us tomorrow, and that's Jesus Christ. And I don't know what you faced in your life, but I can tell you this, that, that with God, with God in your life, you can overcome even death. The, the, the third thing that I want you to consider is surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourselves with the right people. Have you noticed that death leads uh, some people to isolate themselves? When you have a, a death in a, in, a, in a family, a loved one dies it can lead you to isolate yourself, to for you to 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 get away from the people that you may need. It can lead us into a. Uh, it can lead others to a toxic relationship. It can, it can lead, uh, you know, you instead of embracing those, those people that are going to be positive for you, when death comes, you can push those people away. Actually, the people that you need in your life and you go into toxic relationships and, and instead of, uh, of, of the healing coming, there's more hurt, there's more pain. I got a phone call from a, from a friend, uh, a, a good friend uh, who's an agnostic. I got a, fr- a call from him on Friday night. And uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time, and he's at University Hospital. I didn't know this, but he called me, and he said, um, I'm calling you. And, and, and I started laughing, and, and he, he, he said, I, I, I want to tell you things aren't good. Um, and he, we always start our conversations by laughing and joking. And uh, he says, it's not good. And He said, my girlfriend had an aneurysm and I needed to call you because I know that you have a direct line to a higher power. (laughs) He didn't even say God. He said, I know you have a direct line to a higher power. And he said, would you please, please pray? He said, I don't don't even know if she's going to make it through the night. And so... Shauna and I started praying. Shauna knows him very well. Uh, He's played in our golf tournaments. That's how we met uh, in golf tournaments. And and my my daughter's dog sat for them. And so we built this relationship. And I never looked down on him because he's agnostic or atheist. I looked at him the way I believe Jesus will look at at him, like he's a potential friend of God. And I want to be a friend of his. And I want to love him with God's love. And who's one of the first people that he called he called me when his, his, his girlfriend, who he, he's been living with for years, has, uh, has you know, had this brain aneurysm. And, 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 and here's the thing. The reason I believe he called is because he said, he probably thought to himself, they've never judged us. They've always loved us. And what you, what you find out, beloved, is that, uh, is that if you surround yourself with the right people, She's still alive. If you surround yourself with the right people, uh, you can know that you can find the comfort of God even when we lose the people that we love. There's someone in here. You've lost someone uh, recently. I'm just talking. You've lost a loved one, and you're in the right place, and you felt the love of God and the love of his people, and you need to know that God is going to get you through. Here's what, here's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. He said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Not some comfort, but all comfort, who comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. You see, the comfort that I was able to give to to this this man that called me, this atheist or agnostic that called me, the comfort I was able to give to him wasn't my comfort. It was the comfort of God. And and it's different, beloved. It's different. The comfort of God is different. It's real. It's true. It doesn't change. His comfort is faithful. It's filled with peace. And that's what he wants to give us. What we find here is not only the the comfort that comes from God, but also in God's people. And here's an important thing. This is is vital for us to grab a hold of. Uh, We are launching launching a grief support group where you can put the right people uh, uh, around you to help you navigate through the loss of a loved one. And our, uh, our, our grief support group will launch this Thursday on uh, August 15th at 2 p.m. at the Oracle Campus Cafe. And Carol Kraft who will be here in our, in our second service, Carol Kraft, who lost her husband Manny from a brain aneurysm, Manny was a wonderful man wonderful man of God, and and three years ago, Carol lost her, her, her husband, and she will be facilitating this group. So if you're here today, and you've lost a loved one, and you're trying to navigate through those next steps, we want you to know that we want to be here for you. We want for the Lord to be here with us for you, and it's not a grief counseling group. In other words, we're not here to solve your problems. We're here so that together we can go to the one who's the answer. Because the grief process, the mourning process, is different for everybody. And some people, they go through grief and, and they go through mourning and, and, and a month they, they cry and then they don't cry anymore. Some people don't cry in a month. They, 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 but maybe six months later they go through this difficulty. And, and as I mentioned, I, I went and visited Shirley Cannon, you know, 60 years in the ministry, 66 years married And I sat with her, and she's still grieving the loss of her husband. And this is an awesome man of God who who raised me up in the faith. And she's still hurting. We want to be here to support you through the most difficult times of your life. And more more importantly, God wants to be here to support you in this difficulty that you're facing. Here's the last thing that I want to share. I want you to consider letting God's word... Be your anchor. You know, the Word of God never changes. It's our foundation. The Word of God has a lot to say about death. And when we face death, especially especially the fact that Jesus came to conquer death. Did you know that? He came to conquer death because it's our greatest enemy. And, and Paul wrote to the, the church in Thessalonica, and he said this. He said in, in chapter 4, he said, We do not want you to be uninformed. Another translation says ignorant. In other words, not knowing. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, those who are dead, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. We're not hopeless people, right? For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive and are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. There was a, there was a lot of concern, a lot of worry in the, in the uh, uh, first century of the New Testament on what happens to those who die. Are they going to miss the, you know, Jesus coming back and the resurrection? In other words, we don't have to fret. We don't have to just be in hopelessness when our loved ones die who are in Christ. We can say they're in good hands. They're in the hands of their creator. They're in the peace of God. And for us who are alive, it gives us more urgency to reach the people that don't know Jesus. That agnostic that called me up, that, that, that possible atheist that called me up Friday and said, please pray to that higher power because I know that there's something. There's something. Please talk to the higher power and talk to him about my, 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 my girlfriend. Talk to, the, talk to him about her. I don't want to lose her. I never heard him like that. Every time he calls me, we laugh, we joke. We, we just, just really you know, are at each other. And, and this time he was so somber and so serious. He said, I need help. Because there's one thing that we can't conquer. The one thing we can't conquer in our own ability is death. And the one thing that God conquered for us is a grave through Jesus Christ. And so, beloved, I want you to, as we, as we grab a hold of this, uh, uh, these four things that stand out, okay? Four things that stand out. Number one, God doesn't want us to be uninformed or ignorant about death. He speaks to us in his word. He wants us to be anchored in his word so we can know that we're in good hands with Jesus Christ. Number two, he teaches us that death, that the death of our loved ones is a time of needed rest. He says they they are they are resting in the presence of God. A lot of people say, well, they're they're up there, they're fishing, they're 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 doing this. I can't wait. Well, I don't know about that. I can just tell you what the Bible says. The Bible is pretty clear that it says that we rest. And I don't know about you guys, that I've been working so much in this lifetime that I'm okay with resting in in Jesus. I'm okay with that for whatever time period he wants. In fact, uh, John wrote in in Revelation, he said, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their good deeds are going to follow them. And I don't know about you, but I want to do all the good deeds for the glory of Christ that I can do. Him working through me, and I cannot wait for that rest that we can have in Jesus. That's what I tell my kids. So don't worry about me. If I go, celebrate me. I want you to cry a little bit, okay? I want you to cry a little bit. You know, some of you guys, I want you to cry more than others, especially you. You gave me a real hard time, but you know. Number three, consider this. Jesus will raise the dead on the last day, and there's going to be a family reunion with those who are alive in him. There's gonna be this great eternal celebration. There's gonna be a, a, a lamb's uh, wedding feast. And I know they're gonna have enchiladas and tacos. I know they are. I just know it. I know they're going to have, you know, my favorites there. I cannot wait for that day. And, and, and here's what I want you to grab a hold of, beloved Your eternal life doesn't start the day you die, your eternal life starts the day you trust in Jesus. My eternal life started in 1994, October, when I trusted in Jesus. That day, God said you're going to live forever. And beloved, if you're here and you haven't trusted in Jesus and that great enemy, which is death, that wants to claim us, God wants to bring you into his family, into his fold, Through Jesus Christ. And the last thing that I want you to consider is that we can be encouraged. We have a God who's a God of comfort. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, He's our helper. Jesus is our Savior. God the Father holds everything together. I want everyone to bow their heads. I I want us to just give God a chance to minister to hearts. If you're here today and you've had a death in your family and it's been very hard for you, without anyone else looking, can you raise your hand so that we can just just acknowledge and and I want to pray with you. Amen. I see your hand, brother. Anyone else that you've got... Yes, I see your hands. Praise God for that. Anyone else? You've just gone through a difficult time. Yeah, I see see your hands, bro. Praise God. I see your hands. I see your hands. Yes. Yes, I see your hand. I see your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do something that's kind of crazy. We talked about crazy love, right? You know, when I lost my mom and... It was, it was a lot of hurt. I'm going to come down here, okay? I'm going to come down here. We don't do this all the time, but I'm going to come down here, and I want everyone to stand up. You know, when my, when my mom passed away, I, God met me, you know? And, and here's the thing. I didn't need people... I didn't need people to give me all the scriptures. I didn't need for them to say, you know, uh, uh, to live as Christ and to die as gain. I know all those scriptures. I didn't need. I didn't need any any of that. I knew that. I just needed someone to say, "I'm here for you." That's all I needed. I'm here for you, and God's here for you. And so, if you're here today and you've been going through through the mourning, the grief of death, I want you to know, I'm here for you. I'm not here to to tell you speed up your recovery. I'm not here to tell you what's wrong with you. You know, uh, Shirley Cannon tells me last night, someone said, you need to get over it. It's been three years. And I said, how dare them? How dare them tell you to get over the loss of your husband that you were married to for 66 years? So I want the praise team to to let the Lord direct you in a song, and I'm going to be here. If you've lost a loved one, I want to be here to pray with you, and we'll pray together. If if you have, if you'll take that step, if you'll take that step, I believe God will meet you. Here's what what happened with Lazarus. Okay, here's what happened with Lazarus. Jesus went to the tomb and he cried, and he wept, and then he said, "Lazarus, come forth, come." And he met him right there. And and I don't know how Lazarus came out came out because he had a bunch of grave. Uh, uh, wrappings around him. I don't know if he hopped out. I I can't even picture that. But the reality is that he came forth. He took a step and Jesus met him there. And I believe, I believe with all of my heart that today God is going to meet someone and he's going to pour his love and his healing and his comfort into your heart. And that you will be able to overcome the grief that you've been going through. So I invite you, with no pressure, I invite you to come, and I'm going to pray with you as you do. So go ahead and play as the Lord directs you, Becky, and then we'll close. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.